welcome to The Last Trump, a radio show on end times prophecy. We encourage you to get your Bibles out and go to the scriptures with us as we look at the biblical truths found within the Bible that are pointing us to the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And now, live from the Revolution Studios on Grand Island, New York, here's your host, Mike Chory. Welcome tonight to the to the Last Trump broadcast, I almost said cross-eyed, and we are so glad to have you both uh, for both programs tonight. Coming up later on tonight, we're going to be dealing with the cost of discipleship. Mike and Patty Kinsella, Mike and Patty Kinsella are going to be with us uh, this uh, the second hour, and you don't want to miss that. And we're going to be we're going to be talking about what it means to really follow Jesus Christ. But here in the last Trump tonight, as we do each and every week, we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy. And we're in the 17th chapter tonight of the book of Revelation. And I hope that tonight you are as ready as I am to bring forth or to hear the word of God. I think that each and every Saturday night that we bring to you this this broadcast, it is so important to connect the dots between what is happening in the world and where we line up in the word of God. And I want to say this to each and every one of you right now. And I know many of you already know this, but so many are not hearing it, that what is happening right now in the world and particular to Israel is the setup, I believe, of what we are reading and studying in the book of Revelation. We are right now in the preparatory time just preceding Daniel's 70th week of prophecy. What do we mean Daniel's 70th week of prophecy? Well, the Bible tells us there's 490 years in the last portion of God dealing with the nation of Israel. And when Jesus died on the cross, the clock stopped at 483 years. There was basically a pause. And that pause lasted from the moment that Jesus died on that cross all the way till where we are right now. And we are still waiting for the pause button to be lifted and for God to finish the transgression of sin. And and let me say that, finish the judgment on the transgression of sin, which he will do in the seven-year tribulation, called the Great Tribulation, which it's called for the last three and a half years. Great because it's greater than the first three and a half years, and the first three and a half years are going to be significant as well, but nothing like the last 42 months. And this time in human history will be the worst time to ever be on the planet to ever be on the earth. You don't want to be here. You don't want your worst enemy to be here. I mean, it's going to come apart at the seams, this world, and particularly in the land of Israel, in the Middle East, but really affecting the entire planet earth. Even as we saw with COVID-19, COVID-19 was worldwide. It wasn't just in one part. It was all around the world. And we all experience sickness, 
in some cases, death of a loved one. It was extremely, extremely a difficult time. And now we have gone from the pestilence of COVID, and it's still here. There are still people that get it, although it's not as bad, this uh, strand that we have here now. It's a, a bad cold, basically. But it can be very, very hard for people that's health is challenged already. But we have seen in 2023, we have seen the things such as flooding, like we've not seen it, I can't remember, another year like 2023. The fires that we have seen break out on the West Coast in, of course, Hawaii that saw a whole city destroyed by fire. We have seen earthquakes. Iceland recently had over a thousand earthquakes within a day or two and volcano activity there and still a big threat in Lagoon, Iceland. We have seen all around the world, the, the, the weather has gone crazy. Record, record setting heat in places uh, uh, as hot as 110, 112 degrees last summer. And all of those signs, and I could keep going, hurricanes, tornadoes, just like the whole planet is being shaken. But then we have what happened on October 7th, the terrorist attack that took over 1,200 people. And, you know, thank God some of the hostages are being released. But listen, this, this isn't going away. This is a problem that is really going to only get worse, and we're going to read about it tonight. But I want to say that it's all preparatory, and we are seeing the the stage being set, if you will, for what we are studying in the book of Revelation. Now, tonight we're going to be in that 17th chapter, and I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles uh, to that chapter and we're going to try to break it down the best we can for you. And I want, I want to say, if you do not have our study guide on the book of Revelation, do yourself a favor, order it. It only sells, I think it's either 10 or $15 in our, in our store here with the ministry. And you can have it right in front of you as we teach from it each and every week. And I'll give out the phone numbers tonight. You can just call and say, I'd like to order the Revelation Study Guide. And and I think it's $15 plus shipping and handling. But we're talking about 22 chapters, the last book of the Bible, the one that is still to be fulfilled. And the things, like I said, that we are seeing right now is shaping up for the book of Revelation to actually occur. So there's no study guide I think that we do other than maybe the book of Romans that is important for you to order and to get. And you can do that by simply calling tonight. We have operators here, 716-229-8000 or up in Canada, one 2920 And I want to just thank all our listeners that Support this radio broadcast, by the way, because you make it possible that we can bring this message. And, and I want to say we do not compromise 
the message of the cross. We do not compromise on the Holy Spirit. We do not compromise on the mighty baptism with the Holy Spirit. And we do not compromise on Bible prophecy. You're going to get it exactly as the word is saying it. We're not seeker sensitive. We're not purpose driven. We're not prosperity gospel. We're not any of that. We're not, um, we're not Calvinists. We don't believe in limited atonement. We don't believe in once saved, always saved. We don't believe uh, in the, the weird things that happen in the church. We're not looking for angel feathers or gold dust or, or sticking your head in a barrel and shaking your head viciously. Uh, we, we don't set up t- uh, fire tunnels that you run through and supposedly get the anointing. And all those things are happening, friend, in the church or has happened. We, we don't promote the laughing as a manifestation of the spirit where people start to giggle or laugh during a church service right in the middle of the preacher. Uh, we don't we don't have people come up to the altar and throw money on the altar to affirm they like the preaching. We don't do any of that. We, we don't do, um, you know, uh, things that would be so out there like animal sounds and and gyrations and call it the holy spirit that that's fanaticism at best and it's blasphemy at worst and none of that you're going to hear on crossside radio or the last trump we're going to give you jesus saves jesus heals jesus baptizes with the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues we're going to give you the gifts of the spirit are still in operation today and we're going to give you the prophecy of the pre-tribulation rapture that jesus is going to rapture his bride before the seven-year tribulation listen any preacher that is telling you we've got to go through the tribulation simply do not understand Bible prophecy, or really the cross. Jesus took our judgment at the cross. And for all those that are living for him, believing in him, he's going to remove his bride before he begins to pour out his 21 judgments, before he sends the delusion of the Antichrist to a world that has rejected his son. And you might say, um, wait, 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 wait. You mean God, you said God's going to send the anti, the Antichrist. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I said. And that's exactly what Second Thessalonians says, that because they have rejected the truth, and that is Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did on Calvary, God is going to send a delusion, almost to say, if you want deception, here it is. And the Antichrist who, hey... Satan is ready right now. If it was up to Satan, the Antichrist would be on the earth doing his thing right now, but he's being held back. I'm reading from you uh, or for you in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Now listen, 
this this is can't say it ain't better than this. I mean, this is the word of God. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And that's speaking of the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to bring his representative, this antichrist figure, and he's going to deceive the world by miracles. In verse six of that same chapter, it says, now you know what withholds him, that he might be revealed in his time, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now lets, or what that means is to hinder this evil, will let, will continue to hinder until he be taken out of the way. Who is the he? The church. The church of Jesus Christ is what is holding back the last seven years. And it's been the church holding it back for the last 2,000 years. And God's just about ready to take his bride. And when he takes his bride, when the trumpet sounds, then he's going to lift the pause button. And the last seven years of which make up 490 years as it pertains to the nation of Israel and God dealing with that nation, he's going to finish it. And this was a mystery in the Old Testament. The prophets didn't see the church coming. All they saw was the nation of Israel. All they saw was the Messiah Jesus. They did not see the pause of 2,000 years. And what's so interesting to this, when you go over to, in the Old Testament, to the book of Hosea, Hosea is, is an important book for you as a Bible prophecy person, if you love prophecy, and I believe you do, or you wouldn't be listening tonight. Just go over to that, I believe it's in the, is it the second chapter? And God speaking about the nation of Israel, and, and he's, he, he makes a prophecy there that there is going to be a revival. He is going to do a work in that, in that nation. And they are going to, I believe it's in the sixth chapter. Let's go over there. I'm trying to find it. Sixth chapter, and I'm reading here, and it says, Come, verse 1, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. Now, this is speaking of the nation of Israel, and it's speaking of them as in the great tribulation. He says in verse 2, after two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now, the Bible says to the Lord, one day, or let me say it better, 1,000 years is as one day to the Lord. And so when he says after two days, he's going to revive us. Revive who? The nation of Israel. 
The nation of Israel has been revived, friend, physically. It started in 1948 when they became a nation. And then in 1967 when they took over Jerusalem. And they had to do it by war. But that nation still has not been revived spiritually. And the Bible says after two days, God's going to revive, spiritually speaking, the nation of Israel. And in the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now, I want to read the Expositor study notes and, and, and just listen to the explanation to Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. This verse could very well apply prophetically to the period of Israel's subjection, affliction, and restoration. Her subjection has lasted 2,000 years, or nearly so, two days. And the millennial reign will last for 1,000 years the third day. Wow. How do we know this? Because it says it in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 5, that the millennial reign, the kingdom age, will last 1,000 years. That's one day to the Lord as he measures time. But it will be two days that will pass and then he will revive the nation. And let me say this. We are praying for a revival in our ministry. We're praying for a revival in our nation, in our churches. We're getting ready to host the Erie, Pennsylvania event coming up December 27th through the 29th. And I hope all of you have ordered your free ticket. It's going to be an amazing event with People like Dave Reaver, the Asbury College worship team from Israel, Joshua Aaron, the the chaplain for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, Jeremiah Castile. Wait till you hear him preach. Uh, Torrance Nash, Dave Borg, Bob Cornell, Pam Stenzel. I mean, some of the best preaching you're ever going to hear. No compromise. And the title and theme of Joshua Revolution 23 is revive us again, taken from Psalm 85, 6. And so we're all about revival. We're all believing that that God's going to send one more great revival. And why? To bring in the harvest. It's always about souls, friend. When God sends a revival down, it's so that many will come to know him. And this revival that we're asking God for, It includes Israel. It includes the Jewish people. Only 1%, think about this, of about 16 million Jews in the world, only 1% of them believe in Jesus as the Messiah. But the Bible tells us that during the Great Tribulation, the book of Revelation that we're studying, God is going to revive the nation of Israel. And particularly at the end of the tribulation, which says, the word says, all of Israel will be saved. Those that are still alive, Jesus will come back to the earth and all of Israel will be saved, the whole nation. So all of this is to say to you tonight, the revival that we're asking for, it's coming. It's coming. There's going to be a great move of God. We're at the beginning of it. It's already happening. 
I, I read the other day there were over 200 Palestinians from Gaza that have converted to Christianity and they have claimed that Jesus has appeared to them in a dream and revealed himself to them. Now, I can't validate that. I'm only reporting it. But I'm here to tell you, God loves the whole world. He loves the Jew. He loves the Arab. He loves you. He loves me. And the only answer for the world's problem is a revival. It's called being born again. It's called being saved. And so in this time period of seven years, just prior to it, He's going to remove his church. And when he removes his church and he lifts the pause button, all of his attention is going back to the nation of Israel. And what do I mean that all of his attention? I mean, he will use the Jews again to be the witnessing agent of the gospel message. Read Revelation chapter 7. We've studied it here on radio. He's going to save and mark 144,000 Jews who will be messianic and preaching the cross of Christ and, and preaching repentance. This is what's coming. And to go back to that Thessalonian chapter, what's holding it back, of course, is the Lord, but it's the church still being here. And then he said in 2 Thessalonians He said in verse number seven, I want to read it again. Chapter two, verse seven, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. He who now or who now lets only he who now lets, that means hinders will hinder. And then he will be taken out of the way. And then, and then don't miss this tonight. Shall that wicked meaning the antichrist will be revealed. So you see, the church has, which is holding it back, once the church is taken out of the way, then the wicked, the antichrist, the Bible says, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, hallelujah, when he comes again, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him, the antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them who perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. The world didn't want Jesus. They didn't want the truth. And the Bible says in verse 11, for this cause... What cause? Because they rejected Christ and the cross. God shall send them. God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Friend, I would just say to you, I think it's time to get saved. I think it's time to get right with God now because when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to be very convincing. He's going to have power to do miracles, signs and wonders, and the world is going to be deceived. But it's because they want to be deceived. They don't want the truth. They want to live 
in a world that they make of their own own control, their own authority. All right, now that all of that is our opening tonight. And I want you tonight, if you have your Bibles, go to Revelation chapter 17. We're going to be dealing with some things I think that will become so so important for you to learn as it pertains to the nation of Israel. And what we're seeing tonight, yes, we thank God for the hostages. Oh, what a great thing that these hostages are being released. But let me just help you. It's This is not over. It's just starting. I wish I could tell you differently. And these Middle Eastern countries have one objective, and that is to destroy the nation of Israel. Now, Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials or the seven bowls, and talked with me. So we see here that the seventh angel, who is a part of those judgments that we talked about last week, the seven bowl judgments, he came and he talked to who? To John, the revelator. And this is all taking place in heaven. And he said unto me, come hither and I will show unto you the judgment of the great whore who sits upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit And I saw the woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and 10 horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Now, this passage of scripture has tremendous weight, tremendous revelation to it. And who is this great whore that is showed unto John? This Whore. Now think about it in the, in the sense of physically, and this is speaking spiritually. But when you think of a great whore or a harlot, you're talking about someone who has many lovers. You're talking about someone who commits her fornications for the sake of money. And what the Holy Spirit is showing us here in the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation is the great whore represents all the religions of the world that have ever been devised by man and provide man with a false way of salvation that they are counter to Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm talking about Religions such as Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. I'm talking about uh, uh, the, the religions of man that teach you have to do something 
in order to be saved. And we must include Catholicism. Any form of religion that is teaching man that you have to do something in order to be saved is considered a false religion. And it is represented here by this great whore. Because you have to understand, friend, God has one way of salvation. And if you tamper with that, if you taint that in any way, people die spiritually and go to a place called the lake of fire one day. They go to hell and they live separate from God forever and ever. We cannot be wrong about the plan of salvation. We cannot add to it nor take it take away from it. The Bible is clear. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and your faith in the gospel and repenting of any other ism, any other religion that you have you have followed, repenting of it and saying, I'm turning away from that and I'm going the way of the cross. Anything that is not the cross is characteristic right here called the great whore. And notice what it says. She's sitting upon many waters. And symbolically speaking, this is speaking of people. She's sitting, she's oppressing the people of the world by her false religion.
Oh, that's a great song. Kim Coleman. One day we're going to walk into the new Jerusalem. And I want to dedicate that song tonight to a dear friend of mine who yesterday went home to be with the Lord, John Liam Bruno, uh, at the age of 92, stepped out of this world and stepped into the new Jerusalem. And I just got to say, I'm a little, I'm a little envious, a little jealous. John is there and he's with Jesus and what a, what a great man of God. He's attended Cross River Tabernacle with his daughter, Amy, and the family just means so much to me. And I've been uh, able to develop a friendship even more so in the last couple of weeks since John has gotten uh, very ill and went over to the house a few times to just spend time with John and to see him. And I'm telling you, this man went out the way we should all go out. He went out praising God as weak as he was in the last few days or weeks. He would lift his arms up to the Lord with every ounce of strength he could find to praise him. And so uh, we just want to just say on behalf of Cross River Tabernacle, Joshua Revolution, John Liam Bruno, home with Jesus. And what a what an amazing man, what an amazing life. And his family now is his legacy and they are living for the Lord, uh, Tina and Amy and Helmet and all the ones that know him. So we just uh, pray that uh, peace would be there. And I know the Lord is with them. I've seen it. All right. We're listening. Uh, you're listening tonight to the broadcast of The Last Trump. We're in the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. You're going to have to help me because I'm going to have to give me a moment to get it back on track after that announcement. Um and, and for those of you that have a loved one right now that is close to going home to be with the Lord, just think of that song we just played. John saw the golden city. John saw the angels. John saw it all. That's what we're studying right now. John the Revelator. And his name means grace. God gave this man, the last disciple living, the youngest of the disciples He gave him a great gift of grace. He showed him what was going to happen in the very last days, the last seven years. And we've been studying it for several months. And wow, it's life changing. And here in the first few verses, we see that Satan's great plan has always been to draw man into a false way of salvation. And this 17th chapter deals with that false way. Many times what man calls good and beautiful, God calls it deceitful and ugly. I want you to think about that. God calls all the other religions of the world that are outside of Christianity, he calls them the great whore. Because it has prostituted the truth. It it has given a false sense of security to mankind. And God hates it. Of course he does. Because he loves you. And he loves me. He loves the whole world. And what this 17th chapter is dealing with, with, with is what has sent more people to hell than any other trapping the devil has. It's called religion, man-made 
rules and regulations on how to try to obtain righteousness. You can only obtain righteousness by faith in God's Son and what God's Son did for you on that cruel cross when he shed his blood and he died. And so we see here in this chapter that God calls the efforts of this great whore what she's doing to mislead the nations as fornication. Spiritually speaking, it is, uh, how do I say this? This is a, a stench in God's nostrils that religion is leading man away from the true gospel message. And, and you have to understand tonight, Satan will use all sorts of strategies to try to pull you away from the truth. If a preacher or, or a church is not preaching Christ and him crucified, then they are preaching really another Jesus, another gospel, and they're of another spirit. And where you go to church, friend, it really matters. And don't pick your church based on programs, based on how big the church is, or based on how much you, uh, you know, like the people even. You pick a church for one reason, what they're preaching and what they're teaching. And if, if, if your children say, oh, you know, I don't want to go to that church. You know, it's too long or it's this or it's that or another thing. Listen, as the priest or your home dad, you got to say, we're going to a church that preaches the truth. But, and that is the only church we're going to. If the church had no programs, I mean, it had no men's ministry, it had no women's ministry, it had nothing for the youth, but it was preaching the truth of the gospel, that's why you should be in that church. And if you choose your church for any other reason, you're choosing it wrongly. You're deceived. And here's what every church should be preaching. They should be preaching the gospel for salvation. They should be preaching the gospel for holy living and sanctification. They should be preaching the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And they should be preaching the soon and imminent coming of the Lord. And if they're doing that, you're in the right church. I don't care if the preacher's 90 years old and there's 20 people in that building. If he's preaching the full gospel truth of what the Bible has from Genesis to Revelation, listen, stay there. Support it. Pray for it. Because there are so few churches today that are preaching the full gospel truth. And you know what? The people are accepting. They're accepting it. They're giving their tithes. They're giving their offerings. Why? Because they like the church's programs. They like the church's worship. They like the, the, the pastor. They like the way he looks or the way he talks. No. Brothers and sisters, it's got to be the word of God. It's got to be the message of the cross is why you pick a church. Now, going back to this terminology, the great whore, 
The scripture says that she sits on many waters. Now, this is not literal waters, but it's symbolic of people and areas. Look at verse 15 of Revelation chapter 17. It it tells us, it says, And he said unto me, The waters which you saw where the whore sits are people and multitudes and nations and tongues. Think about it. This covers the entirety of the world. And it's also telling us that billions of people have died and gone to hell following this false way, this whore, this great whore. Notice she's sitting on the people, sitting on the waters. Religion doesn't provide freedom. You, you, you feel bound up. You feel like there's no victory. And you, and, and you continue to, to go there, but there's no, no one's getting saved. Nobody's getting healed. No one's getting hands laid on them to be filled with the spirit. There's no one crying at the altar broken, but you still go there. Religion is a narcotic. It's been said that religion is the greatest narcotic known unto man. It was created by man and it was created to attempt to reach God by man's own efforts. And it could be anything from, from, you know, doing the works of religion, indulgencies, could be praying the rosary, uh, uh, taking the wafer and the juice, thinking that you earn something from God. Religion preaches a message of salvation by works. And it, and this Salvation by works has sent more people to hell than any other philosophy or ideology. Why? Because it gives them a false sense that they're right with God. But the Bible doesn't teach work salvation. The Bible teaches a faith salvation. Works follow proper faith. It doesn't precede it. Works will tell you if you're truly born again, but it doesn't produce you being born again. The born again experience comes by faith alone in God's son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that he shed. So we see here at the end of this book of Revelation here, the 17th chapter, we're getting towards the end, the great tribulation, the the battle of Armageddon is just about ready to begin. And God's going to judge all the nations and all the religions in that day. And as the blood of the slain lamb alone could only save those in the house during the time of the deliverance of the children of of Israel from Egypt, likewise, it is only the blood, the blood of the lamb today that can release you from the judgment of God. So the great horse sitting on the waters is speaking of people. It's speaking of great ex- exploitation. It, it, it speaks of, how, how do I say this? Exploitation. People are pawns in the hands of religious leaders. They want to control you. They want to manipulate you to serve their own religious purposes. And most of it, hear me tonight, is built around the love of money. 
And here in the Revelation chapter 17, God is judging the great whore. In verse 2, it said, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Leaders of countries have led their country down a wrong path. But then it says, and the inhabitants of the earth, that's you and me, has been made to drunk, to drunk with the wine of her fornication. So not only is the leadership of entire nations at times controlled by man's religion, but it also is the people who are drunk with it. Remember, the first organized false religion in the Bible was ancient Babylon. There was a Babylonian cult that was started by King Nimrod and his queen. And the cult claimed the highest wisdom and the most divine secrets. And this organized rebellion built this great tower. Remember that? And God had to come down and scatter the languages. And that's why he calls this mystical Babylon. He goes back all the way to the first rebellion found in in the scripture, all the way back in Genesis. And now he calls the last day harlot, mystical Babylon, spiritual Babylon. We find in these two chapters, chapter 17 and 18, God is dealing with, he's judging mystical Babylon. That means spiritual, the false religions of the world. And then he's going to deal with literal Babylon, which is going to be rebuilt in the tribulation time where the Antichrist will even set up his headquarters in ancient Babylon, which is today modern day Iraq, before he moves his headquarters at the midpoint of the tribulation to Jerusalem. Now, I, I, I get this question a lot. Where is America in Bible prophecy? She isn't. There's no mention of her. There's nowhere for her to be found. And, and the explanation is either because after the rapture, so many will be gone. America will be so weakened militarily, financially, by the rapture of the church. But also, our country is falling away from the God of the Bible. We are becoming less and less of a Christian nation. And we're going to lose. God's going to judge this nation. And we're not going to be a prominent player in the Great Tribulation. And I think it's because we're just too weak to even defend Israel. Remember, it's going to be about Israel. And the word drunk here is telling us that when you, you're talking about literally them being consumed by spiritual adultery, going into a false religion. Look at what we're seeing with, with Hamas, what they will do in the name of Allah. They're drunk in their fornication. They're drunk in their rebellion against God. And, and, and John is saying in the spirit, John was, he said, I was carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. Notice the term in verse three. I mean, false religion will lead you every time into a wilderness. What's in a wilderness? Nothing but dryness. Tonight, if you're listening to the last Trump and you say, Pastor Mike, I, 
I just feel like I'm in a wilderness. I can't hear God. I, can't, I, I don't even know where he is. My life is so spiritually dry. It's probably because you've mixed the gospel with false religion. And you need to repent of that. You need to tell God, I don't want religion. Listen, if you are born again and you truly know Jesus is your savior, you should come out of the Catholic church. You should not stay in that. I mean, right now, Pope Francis is being used to bring all these organized religions together under one banner, a unity, a one world religion. Do your homework on it. And it's totally predicted in the Bible. And the Bible calls the false prophet a beast, one that is not working for God, but against God, but he is working in the name of God. He's a false prophet. And so John says in the, in the third verse, he, he refers to all of these religions as a spiritual wilderness. Again, the woman here is, is, it represents organized religion. She symbolizes that false way. And the scarlet color uh, indicates persecution. Great persecution has false religion played against the truth, against the true believers. So many have been martyred, Christian missionaries who have been martyred by religion on behalf of false religions. And notice, again, the woman, she's sitting upon the beast. In other words, she's riding the beast. And the beast here is speaking of literally a fallen angel that rises up out of the bottomless pit to assist the Antichrist to deceive the whole world in a false way. Revelation 17, 8. Look at that verse for a moment. And it says in Revelation chapter 17, verse 8, and the beast who you saw was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they who dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Who is this, this beast? I mean, this represents a fallen angel who has helped the leaders of empires in the past. And in the end time, it's going, that, that demon angel is going to come up out of the bottomless pit. This powerful fallen angel who's been confined there for nearly 2,000 years, over 2,000 years. And it will be released to do what? To help the Antichrist during the tribulation. And says it goes into perdition. That means eternal damnation. And, and this, these verses are so powerful, they're mind-boggling. Notice what it says, that, that the, the woman has full names of blasphemy. This is speaking of the woman is opposing, false religion is opposing the plan of God in every capacity. And the word blasphemy is, is basically saying things that are not true about God. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to pray tonight. We've run out of time. But next week, we're going to go into the seven heads and the ten nations. 
We're going to look at the nations that right now are mobilizing to oppose Israel and how they are predicted here in the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. And I'm going to have a special guest on next week, a Messianic Jew who is, to me, one of the strongest scholars on what we're talking about. Uh, John Rosenstern will be our guest next Saturday night, Lord willing. You don't want to miss it. But I want to say this to you tonight. There is only one answer to sin, and it's Jesus Christ. There's only one way to heaven. It's through the cross, through believing in Jesus and what he did on the cross to save us. And tonight, if you're following a religion, that woman is sitting on you tonight. She's oppressing you. There's no freedom. There's no joy. But tonight, I want to lead you out of the wilderness to get out of religion and come into a personal relationship with Jesus because he loves you. And I love you. And tonight, I want you to know freedom. I want you to know God's son. And so I'm going to ask you to pray a a simple prayer with me, but mean it with all of your heart. This Thanksgiving weekend could be the weekend that changes your life forever, but you have to be willing to repent of religion and believe only what the Bible teaches. Believe in what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. So right now, just repeat after me, wherever you may be, dear God in heaven, just say it out loud. I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done and the way I've lived. Father, I want tonight to surrender my life to you, to your son, Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross for me. And I believe three days later, he rose from the dead and he's alive. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, by faith to come into my heart, come into my life and be alive in me. And when my life is over, I ask you for a home in heaven. And I just thank you tonight, Jesus, for saving me, for giving me eternal life. It's in your powerful name. Jesus that I pray. Amen and amen. And wherever you are tonight, if you prayed with us that simple prayer to come out from religion and come into a personal relationship with Jesus, I want you to know you tonight have made the greatest decision that you could ever make. And to celebrate that decision, I want to send to you the book that we've written, Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. It will teach you how to develop this relationship with God and continue to stay out of religion, but to stay in a right relationship with God through the cross. We'll give this to you postage paid free of charge just by calling in tonight. Operators are waiting. The number to call here in the greater Buffalo area, 716-773. Let me, yeah, I'll get it right. 716-229-8000. That's 716 229-8000. Up in Canada, 1-888-444-2920. Canada, call that number, 888-444-2920. Hey, go to your phones now. Stay with us. Coming up next, Cross-Eyed Radio. You have been listening to The Last Trump, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If The Last Trump has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony on how the program has helped you. 
If you would like to support The Last Trump financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go to our website at joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers, and remember to tune in next week at 8.30 p.m. for The Last Trump, a study on end times prophecy.